Hello, Carm Capriato here, and welcome to Town Hall Academy, episode 91, another service advisor role play. And this is part two, so much to learn, no matter your role in the aftermarket. Be sure to absorb all four role plays. Now here's a taste. How, how much is the part? Because I, I, you know, I actually had the day off today and I did some some research and I called around. I did call the dealership and I mm-hmm. got a got a price on a few things. So how, how much is just just this part welcome automotive aftermarketers to a remarkable results radio town hall academy listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results Carm Capriato here, and in 90 seconds, you're going to get to hear four different service advisor role plays with Clint White, Barry Barrett, and John Vasquez. You'll be familiar with each scenario because you most likely have been in each situation before. Listen to how this team handles it and what they say about how to improve. I want to thank Jasper Engines and Transmissions for making the Town Hall Academy free for all aftermarketers. Performance and reliability, now that's what Jasper's remanufactured diesel engines provide mile after mile. Their running completed engines are dynamometer tested with horsepower and torque ratings recorded. There's a nationwide warranty included, too. Talk about dependable service. Glad you're here being an aftermarket student in perpetuity. So much to learn to help you fire up your next moves. In the first service writer's role play, we struck gold in a great workshop that has been a favorite to watch and or listen to. It is Academy Episode 68 from May 2018. Again, this team digs deep into helping aftermarket professionals learn more about the service advisor position. I believe it is one of the most important and challenging jobs in the industry, and they are the face of the business and are responsible for building trust and strong relationships while generating profitable revenue. Now enjoy four different role plays and the ensuing discussion. Critique each role play yourself and enjoy the comments from this team. With me is Barry Barrett, Director of Training at RLO, Clint White, Shop Manager at Cooper's Auto Repair Specialists in Tacoma, Washington, and John Vesquez, Service Advisor at Los Gatos Auto Service in Campbell, California. Hey, if you'd like to be on the next workshop, reach out to me at carm at remarkableresults.biz. Find the talking points, bios, and links to the panel's previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash A091. Hey, spend some time on the website where every Town Hall Academy is ready for your learning moment. Get smarter. Now listen to part two of the Service Advisor Workshop. So here we go. Number one, role play. And, and I hear... Everyone says this is a very, very common call that you get on your service counters. How much is a tune-up? On this one, the year, make, and model doesn't matter. So let's go. Um, The phone's ringing, and uh, Clint, you're going to answer. Good morning. Thank you for choosing Cooper's Auto Repair Tacoma. This is Clint. How can I help you today? Hi, Clint. Uh, I have a 1999 uh, Lexus GS400. And I was just kind of seeing how much a how much is a tune-up yeah. tune up run me. Okay, I can totally help you out with that. Who am I speaking with today? Uh, my name is John. All right, John. And just in case I drop the call, would you mind giving me your cell phone number? It's 408-333-4499. Perfect, John. All right, so talk to me about your Lexus. What leads you to believe you need a tune-up? Uh, it just doesn't seem to have that that power that it once had. And I, I, I honestly haven't been up on my maintenance. So I feel like maybe a tune up will give it some life again. Okay. All right. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a couple <clears throat> of questions. Uh, first of all, do you have any warning lights on, on the dash? No, no warning lights. No warning lights at all. Okay. No. And, uh, and has your fuel economy dropped at all you think, or just maybe a loss of power? Uh, it may have, but I kind of got a lead foot. So that's, Gotcha. <laughs> that probably right. doesn't help. So, John, here's what I'd like to propose to you. Um, I'd like to have one of my technicians run your vehicle through a very complex series of tests and procedures to actually evaluate how it's running and what we could do to make it run better. Uh, the challenge with the word tune-up is that it's it's a vague uh, it's a vague concept, and and I can't get you a price over the phone because I don't know what your car needs. I like to use silly analogies. I'm the king of silly analogies. So, if you were to walk into a restaurant and say, "How much is a meal?" What do you want to eat? 
What, what do you need to make you feel satiated and full? We don't know. Uh, so there's, there's a number of different things your car could need. And there's a number of things it could not need. And I don't want to put any parts on or do any services it doesn't need. So can we get you scheduled it in tomorrow morning at 8.15? And it'll take about two hours to run the test. I can get you a courtesy shuttle home. And then once we know what your car needs, I can get you a price. Would that work for you? Yeah, I appreciate that. And you guys have a shuttle ride home. It saves me from getting an Uber. So Absolutely. And we'll pick you up when we're all done. We'll take care of you. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Mr. Barry. I'm about to get really nitpicky because when people are really excellent at what they do, the only thing you have left to do is nitpick. <laughs> so <clears throat> nitpicky, really nitpicky is at, I love the restaurant analogy. How much is a meal? I need a tie down right there. Does that make sense? Can you see that? Or some sort of tie down that gets them to say yes or no. It's a say yes question when you do a tie down, as we've talked about before. And then ask for the appointment. That's the only thing that I have. <laughs> um, I saw in the comments, uh, Han said, customer didn't ask how much it would cost. If you'll listen to most of recordings on incoming calls and even that price shopper, they, we think they ask for price way more than they do because we remember that because we hate it so much. Yeah. Only about 20 to 25% of people ever ask for a price, even if they think they know what it, it needs. So I, I don't mind that John didn't ask for a price. If he did, Clint could have handled that as we saw he's so silky smooth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, guys, I thought he deferred the the whole concept of price by saying, "We just don't know. How can I even get close?" I mean, you right. you, you casted yeah. the level of doubt that there was no way we could ever drill down into any any number. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. and, and and to that point, great service advisors get less than twenty percent. They'll actually get ten to fifteen, maybe because they do address it in that question based Socratic method. Right? It's good. Anything, Clint? Anything, John? No, I think it was well. He uh, he offered a, a shuttle ride, and he he didn't put down anything as or you know mention anything that was you know, the price. Just invited me to come in there. Then it's just he figured out a solution for me to you know to get back home, which that means that he's thinking about thinking about me. The hanging out there. <laughs> the other addition that, that I, I'll add to that, and I didn't think about it until John said something was he slowed his pace down, which slows John's pace down. He was relaxed, which relaxes John. It wasn't stressed out because Clint knows his presentation. He knows his script, which is the, you know, a curse word in most don't say that. Circles. Right. <laughs> you know, this, this call is uh, by far the number one call that I get yeah. uh, on, a, on a daily basis, almost verbatim. How much is a tune-up? Yep. Right. That's, that's, it's probably 50% of what I get. How much is a tune-up? And I, I, love to, I love to have a conversation with people and to drill down into why they're asking. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it really, the, the restaurant analogy is one I've been using for quite a while. And it, it makes sense. You'd never walk into a restaurant and go, how much is a meal? <laughs> what do you want to eat? What are you yeah. hungry for? What do you need? <laughs> so, and, and it usually, it, it converts many people over into, oh yeah, well, I guess I'm asking for something that's vague. How, how, can, yeah. I, how can I know that? So. That's right. So interesting. Clint, you said this is a very, very common call. So let me use the, the dirty word, like you said, Barry's script. So here's the deal. If it is a common call and you get and refine yourself, you may not call it a skip or script, but you may call it, um, you know, something you do over and over again. You practice a lot and you get really good at it. It's a, it's like the perfect swing thought and how you answer. Yep. That's why I call it a presentation. If, yeah. if you've taken my class, I say script, I, I say by show of hands, who in here wants to learn a new script today? And, and no hands go up, but I said, let me ask you a question. If I could teach you how to do a professional presentation, who, who's in for that? And all hands go up, almost all hands. Some people don't want anything. They just want to wing it. And that's okay. They're just not my student. And I'm okay with that. And so, <laughs> and so when we get up on front of the stage and Carm, you give keynotes. If you think for a second, Carm's presentation when he gives a keynote is not a script. You're kidding yourself. They're scripts. They're professional presentations. Mm -hmm. But they're all a little different too. 
amazing. You know, if you read a script, that's one thing. If you go up with a script in mind or a or a logical conclusion from beginning to end, then every one of them is going to be unique and different with usually the same message. Well, the truth is, is that everyone has one because I can listen to 10 calls in a row and you'll say the same thing over and over again. The problem is that most people's script is just not very good. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Brian, why Jasper engines and transmissions? So I think Jasper, the reason why we uh, chose to deal primarily with Jasper is uh, the quality of the product and the people. I know that it is a uh, associate-owned company, but it's more about the people. They do what they do uh, in this industry that is tough, and they stay on top of the cutting-edge engineering, changing and maybe developing ways around uh, known problems and issues. So they're adding value. They're making things better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're taking a situation that you may have a common failure with and going in, taking it apart, going through the engineering, the R&D department saying, okay, how can we make this better? And then from that standpoint, it comes to us that at the end of the day, the end user gets much more value for the dollar that they spend. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. Excellent, guys. This was this was fun. Great start. Great start. That was a very simple one. Now we're going to uh, go into a little more uh, in-depth one. Uh, this time, Clint's going to be the customer. Barry's going to be the service advisor. And John, the observer coach. Here's the scenario. The service writer is calling back a customer with a 2008 Toyota Highlander with over 200,000 miles. Now, when they bought the brought the vehicle in, it was running poorly, and they were very open about the fact that they had done little or no maintenance to the vehicle. Upon inspection, it was found that it needed over $4,000 worth of repairs just to make it safe and reliable, not to mention a few other maintenance issues that could be deferred for a few months. The tension in this scenario is very much a daily one in real life. How do you sell a large repair on a vehicle that blue books for less than the needed repairs. So really quick before I get into this, I feel it necessary to spend a couple of seconds, not much, setting up the reception presentation because the main problem with this this role play right here that you just described is that the sale is the the step is skipped so often on the reception that you can't sell it on the presentation because it doesn't make sense. People say, throw me your keys. I'll take care of it. Then they call them back. There's no setup. So it's like taking a five gallon bucket of ice water and hitting the face with it because they're not ready for it. So what I would say in the beginning is, you know, Clint, our job here at our shop is to make sure your car is safe and alive in the most affordable way. Does that make sense? And the way we do that is we we perform a 58 point complimentary inspection from top to bottom and front to back. So most people, when they go to other shops, and, and, and I'm not saying that people don't do a great job, but here at our shop, you're going to get a list of things that need to be addressed on your vehicle, and we're going to bring that to your attention. So don't be surprised when we find that list of issues. I don't want you to worry. I'm not going to tell you have to fix it all today. Fair enough? Got it. So that setup is so important. I couldn't do it without it. Is that okay? Without that setup, I'm going to sound like a pushy salesperson. And that's why I just did it because I can't just jump into the close, which is what you're asking me to do is make the outbound call and sell a $4,000 ticket without the setup, without them ready to know that we're going to keep their car safe and reliable in the most affordable way. Um, Thanks for the setup. Very good. Okay. Now we know it. So ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Clint, is it a bad time? No. Who's this? This is Barry with my shop. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm great. Hey, we sent you a email and it had the inspection on it. D- did you have a chance to evaluate that? Oh, I, I did. I read over that. That was shocking. Yeah, it can it be shocking. Bad. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. You knew it was bad? Well, like, like I told you when I dropped it off, we haven't really done a lot of maintenance to it. And I, I knew it was going to need something, but man, this thing looks... I see a lot of red check marks in this inspection you sent me. So, right. wow. 
you know, we had talked about when you when you came in here and you said that you admittedly didn't do a lot of maintenance on it. You know, you can well imagine someone o- over a 40 year period. And we talked about how we don't just get overweight overnight. Right. And it takes years and years of, of no maintenance to get us there. And then all of a sudden we're shocked that the doctor's putting us on pills and asking us going all these exercise regimen. And we're overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. So it's a little bit like that. And just like the human body, what we're going to do is we're going to, we don't, we're just going to eat on it over time if you need to, but if you can, the most safe, reliable and affordable way is to do everything today. Does that make sense? It it does. I saw some things in the inspection that looked like maybe I don't have to do them today, but there was a lot that that had red check marks on it. And I, I assume that that means I need to fix them today. Is that, is that correct? That's pretty correct. As long as you don't want to have more deeper repairs later, the red is where you got to go. Because okay. if you stay, if it stays red, you're going to only, it's going to get worse. And not only that part will get worse, but everything attached to that will probably get worse as well, which costs you, costs you more money. Okay. Well, so, what's, what's this going to cost me? So to restore your vehicle back to its maximum safety and reliability, your total investment today will be $4,232.64. Oh, How would you like to move forward? Well, I I know the car isn't even worth that much. I checked the book on it, and it's only worth about three thousand dollars. So that doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't think I'm going to fix it. Okay. So your concern is that just so because Kelly Blue Book is that where you looked it up mm-hmm. says that it's worth three, and and now you have a, a twelve hundred dollars more than that to do the work on. Is that your concern? Well, yeah, it's got two hundred thousand miles on it. I'm I just I don't see why I'd want to put four thousand dollars into a three thousand dollar car that. It, I don't make any sense to me. Let me ask you a question. Uh, when's the last time, and this is, this might sound a little off, but I hope it's not. It's kind of a joke. Is that okay? okay? When's the last time that Kelly Blue Book came to your house and evaluated your car and told you how much exactly it's worth? Oh, I, no one's ever come to my house. I just looked on their website. Right. So we're going to, so let me ask you this, like where did their certification come from? Where did their certification come from to tell you exactly how much your car is worth? Do you I, think? I don't even know how it works. Yeah, they just created a company one day and they said, hey, we're going to be the people who tell people how much the car is worth. Fair enough? All right. Well, okay. So as professionals, we do this. We've been, we're, we have ASC certified technicians. We run a very uh, extringent training program. We do about, we do 80, over 80 hours of year of training of, of technicians. And they came back and they've determined that if you do these repairs, the odds of you needing more repairs in the future are slim to none. Now we're not, we can't guarantee that, but how, however, they are experts in your car because they have evaluated. Now, let me ask you a question really quick. If you don't fix your car, what, what will you do? Well, I'll just go buy another one. Go buy another one. Well, I mean, if you were going to buy another one, what type of car year make and model might it be? Uh, probably something similar, a little crossover SUV. I, I don't know. I just, I figured if I'm going to spend $4,000, that's a pretty good down payment on a, a new or a slightly used one, don't you think? I mean, what would you do if this was your car? Well, I can tell you what I actually do. If, if, if I tell you, is that going to help you with a decision to know what I do actually with sure. mine? Yeah. I drive an 03 Forerunner with 241,000 miles on it. And last year I invested $6,200 in it and it's worth 4,500. So we're in similar situations. I just had more work to do than you. Mm, wow. And so I fixed everything because I know that the average car payment in North America is $480 a month over 84 months. Mm. And if I took that same money, $500 a month over a 40 year period in a decent Roth or de- decent Roth IRA, I would be worth $5.8 million in 40 years. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Instead of figuring out like how much something else is going to be worth, how much do you think that you would be spending on a newer car? Is it a new car or a newer used car? I, I haven't even checked yet. I, I, I don't know. I haven't had to buy a car in a long time. We've had this one since it was new. You've seen the car prices on the market though? Yeah. How much about do they run for a decent one, do you think? Probably $30,000. $30,000? And that's going to be, so it's going to, how many miles do you think that's going to have on it? Uh, it should be new. Oh, brand new. Oh, fantastic. Sure. So yeah. as soon as you drive off the lot, how much do you think it's going to lose? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't sell cars. I don't know. It's about 25% as soon as you drive it from this pavement wow. to that pavement, right? So let's just use the 30000 Hey, when we told you, as we said, $4,200 will get you back to its maximum safety liability. Let me ask you, do you like the car? Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. comfortable in it. Fits our if family. I, 
if I did all these repairs and it got you to where close to as new as possible, and then we just did a full detail. So to have that new car smell, how would that, how would that feel for you? Yeah, that, that might be worth it. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. What's making you throw, throw $30,000 at a $4,000 issue? Well, I never looked at it that way. Yeah, most people don't. And I want to save you some money and give you a safe, reliable vehicle. And then I want to create financial wealth for your for your family. And that's the only way that, that I know to do. Okay. Let me ask you, can we go ahead with the repairs? Let's let's get it taken care of. All right. Would you like to take advantage of our, our 12 months, no interest option? No, I'll just, I'll pay cash. Fantastic. Thank you. So. Thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll have this done by Tuesday morning. Would you like, do you need alternative transportation between now and then? No, we've got another car. We'll be fine. Okay. Thanks. Fantastic. If you have any concerns or any of the questions from now on, feel free to give me a call and I'll continue to update you on the, on, on your vehicle and how it's going. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay. John, tell us everything that was wrong <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like how Barry, uh, there's really kind of edu- educated Clint on, on everything and what it would cost for a new car. And it really got, you know, Clint to think a little bit, um, you know, I, I think it was, uh, I think it was, it was, it was good. I mean, it was, a, there was a lot of information for Clint to digest. Um, so maybe in my opinion, it, it, it was a good call. Uh, I know everybody has little different ways of doing stuff because I've had to have similar uh, situations and phone calls, but um, it, it, it was kind of a, a maybe a, a lot for Clint to digest and who knows where Clint could have been, you know, going to drop off his kids or doing something, even though he did say, yeah, right now is a good time. But um, sometimes it could be, uh, you know, a lot to, to, to take in, right. Because it's, yeah, it's a, it's a $4,000 bill, <laughs> you know? So um, no, I think, I, I think it went well, but yeah, Barry did got him to think about things. Oh, I never really thought about that. And well, another reason why I didn't think about that is because he just found out he's $4,000 <laughs> worth of work. I so. loved the idea that, uh, that Barry challenged the $30,000 number. Not hard, but, you know, he just $30,000. It was like, okay, um, there are some $30,000 cars out there, but they're not like the car you were driving, Clint, as an example. <laughs> yeah. you know, to replace that vehicle, you're talking fifty. To just to kind of replace what you what what you were driving it was at a Highlander or whatever we were talking about and mm-hmm. uh, Clint um, in in your case uh, you you were a great customer but as a service advisor uh, you get these you get you, how many opportunities a month like this do you get three four a week usually I have uh, it's a testament to engineering on newer vehicles that people can <laughs> and do drive them to two hundred thousand miles and neglect them to death. And when they come in, um, it, it, they normally are, are they're, they're drawn in or brought in or towed in because something finally has let go. You've got an ignition coil that's failed and it's running on five cylinders and they just can't go any further. And then further inspection shows, yeah, it needs the coils and the plugs and the valve covers and the struts are blown out and the tires are as bald as I am. And it, it really does need $4,000 <laughs> worth of work to be safe and reliable. And then it needs a detail. Um, it's very common. And I use the approach very similar to Barry is that if you were to go purchase a brand new vehicle, because used, I don't think is an option. If you buy used, used vehicles are traded in for at least one reason, sometimes 10 or 20. You're just going to jump right out of the pot into the fire. You're going to be fixing that car sooner or later. So let's talk your car versus new. And a new car, the average payment, $400, a a month. Uh, So we can round up to five uh, times one year, that's $6,000 in one year. You're going to pay to rent a new car. Uh, in, in the glorious state of Washington, you're going to pay taxes that are the third highest in the nation for your car, uh, the third highest uh, registration tab fees for your car. It's going to be twelve to $1,800 for tags for one year for your car. So it doesn't make any sense to spend all that extra money when we can invest this relatively manageable amount and bring it back up to 100% safety reliability. Great, yeah. great points, Clint. I love that. The, the whole economic side of this thing is, is you know, partly where Barry was going. And, and as I was listening, I was thinking this 10-year-old vehicle, I've always known that when you buy a vehicle, um, love it, 
but realize that even if the car payments stop, you cannot say, oh, it's never going to cost me anything. No, you need to put X in your, in your, if you will, car maintenance emotional bank account of money. And I was thinking about $4,000 over 10 years, and I was thinking how little per month that investment would be, it would be $400 a year that you could have or should have put into that vehicle. And now it's all, if you will, accumulated. Is that a so, proper way to also help rationalize this? Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and so I'll, I'll add to that. So if, if you look at it, if you take the average cost of operating a vehicle that you pay for, the $30,000 they have built into the cost of ownership there. So that's a moot point. That first five years is going to cost you an extreme amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so the next five years is going to cost you the same amount of money to maintain a five-year-old car from to, to 10. And mine's 15 years old if you guys are doing the math, right? It's, it, it's literally in my driveway. I walk out, take a picture. It is what it is, right? I'll tell you, that's what it is. And so... The same amount of money that's going to cost me over the next five years is the exact same amount of money it's going to cost them in maintenance and repair from a five, from five to ten years from fifteen to twenty. Mm -hmm. it, the math is the same. It's just you paid so much from here, and he lost so much in his car. And I only went where Clint asked me to go. He his mistake, big mistake was what would what would you do? And I'm like, let me tell you what I actually do. Yeah. And when yeah. you can say that, man, it's big. Uh, I have a question for. Uh, both Clint and John. And Barry, I would love to hear your opinion on this. If you're preparing to make this call back, are you going to lay out these numbers kind of in front of you so that you have talking points ready so that you're not stopping and, and fumbling with math? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. So I answer three, question, three questions per repair. What it is, what it does and what could happen if it doesn't get replaced in a very level two way, <laughs> elementary speaking. And so my, 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 I'll say breaks, they, they're breaks. They help you. They make you stop. And if you don't repair them, you won't be able to stop. It's that simple. And we, I don't care if the brake bone connects to the caliper bone, like that's I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I'm interested in what it what it is, what it does, and what could happen doesn't get replaced. So I list it out in front of me. I know the prices. I've got them broken out for my for my own deal. And so I say what all those things, and then I say at the end, I say your total investment to restore your vehicle back to its maximum state of reliability. Your total investment is this amount of money. How would you like to move forward? And I and I'm quiet. Yep. I'm looking for whether he has an he has an objection. I, I I want him secretly to have one because I want to use my sales techniques. I'm I'm weird that way. But when they say, "Oh, let's do it," I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, I didn't get to use any sales it's techniques. Too easy." <laughs> and so we go, we walk that backward. And I want you also to know that I have it broken down for me, but I have two more options. And so I'm only ever going to give Clint three options. He's never going to have 10. And so I know what my first option is total price. I ask if he objects, I, tr I, over I try to overcome that area of concern, multiple, get it down to price. I need it to get down to price. It's the easiest objection to overcome, 100%. And then I say, okay, total price. And then my next two options are repairs only with associated services. So if I have a water pump repair, I always add in there the water pump or the, the, the coolant. Mm -hmm. And then the, third, the, the the cheapest one is repairs only. Well, the cheap one is that one. The middle one is repairs only and the, and the coolant. And then the last one is repairs only. So I have three prices total, not 10. And I also think it's important to take into account the customer's situation. 
which is you know not part of the role play, but in, in real life, this there's interviews that has happened before the you know this call is made, and you've established what their needs are. Uh, if the vehicle it truly is a, a spare vehicle, and if it's uh, something that they just you know mama wants a new ride, she's been wanting a new ride. This is a great excuse. Uh, <laughs> sure, absolutely, the math still adds up. But if if you're in that uh, socioeconomic position where a brand new car is what you want. You know, God bless you. Enjoy it. Um, and I, I, I'm in the same position as Barry. I, I drive an 01 Silverado with 270,000 miles on it. And I haven't had a payment in, well, a long time. And uh, it just, it makes sense to fix your vehicle unless it's catastrophically, you know, imploded. There's nothing left of the body and it just, it's not worth doing. It, it makes sense to fix I think just about every car that rolls in my shop. John, have you ever asked a client in this situation, do you love your car? I haven't asked them if they love the car, but I have asked them, hey, how much is this? How much do you value your car? Because it's it's ultimately at the end of the day, it is your vehicle. And I don't know if it, it may have sentimental value. It may have, you know, be something that it was your first car or something like that. So. I always just to try to look at it through their eyes of what the car can mean to them. And we've got to be really careful. Sorry to jump in on you, John. But the, no, that's okay. The, I think one of the biggest challenges we have in this, I, you know, Barry, Barry has got a great, um, the formula is great. The presentation is great. Um, but what we don't take into account is a lot of our service riders in this industry drive an 01 Silverado with 270,000 miles and I couldn't afford a payment. I can't afford a new car. I can't afford that repair. I don't have $4,000. We begin to sell with our own wallet. Uh, and that's, that's huge. That's why a lot of these cars uh, are towed out, scrapped, traded in, uh, not repaired is because in my mentality, I've, I've already unsold it. I've already said, this isn't worth it. I couldn't do this. And we really have to step away from that. My my question is always like if if you can't afford four grand, how in the world are you gonna pay thirty grand? I I, I just yeah. that math doesn't. That's why I, I offered the six yeah. months or twelve months no interest because man, well, that here's, here's the, the rationale is I'm gonna take the four, put it down on the new car, but it doesn't stop there. the 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 issue is it's it, it's it's four thousand plus 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 plus. So and if it's if it's not about money, if it's not about if, if I'm in a position where I, I have the four grand, that's no big deal, but I want a new car, I'm going to invest in a new vehicle, then then that's the right choice for you. And that's that's where sure. the interviewing comes in into play. Mm-hmm. It's not about if you didn't sell the job, well, you're a horrible service advisor. No, right. it's you know your customer. And really, at the end of the day, what's the, what's the best decision for them in their particular situation? Not me, not my wallet, uh, yeah. not, not necessarily what, what I would do, but them. That's why I asked him, does he like the car? Because if he said, yeah, I'd be like, all right, man, let's let's show you how you can do that. And then here's this next step I would have taken that, man, I wish you guys would. If they decide they're going to buy another car, have two or three car salespeople that you trust mm-hmm. and, and say, hey, let me give you a referral yeah. because I want your experience to be great. And if I can help them with a referral, they'll come back to me or refer people to me so they know who to contact. We, we have all these places these trusted people another one that i use is is i i tell people in this situation where there's where there's a lot of friction and a lot of uh a pushback is i'll say i tell you what don't make a decision right now leave the vehicle here i'll keep it safe for you here's what i want you to do is i want you to go car shopping tonight uh take the evening go lot to lot pick something and see what your monthly payment will be call your insurance agent check your insurance on that new car Um, make sure you know what the registration is and then if that fits your budget well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll pay for the tow. We'll tow it to the lot before I use it as a trade-in. But if if it doesn't seem to, if the math doesn't add up, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You let me know. And hey, that works. Guys, thank you so much. This was this was great. And we've got a, a, a chat here from Greg to all panelists. Barry is smooth. We have to get them to understand that KBB and the others don't consider the replacement cost. Why? Because the sites are under the influence of dealers who need to sell cars. And he's in an airport watching us. He said it's a great, great way to pass the time. So thank you for that, Greg. I appreciate that. Role play number three. Well, I don't know how much better you guys could get here. This is just phenomenal. Role play number three. Barry's the customer. The service advisor is John. And Clint's going to be the observer coach. Here's the scenario. The customer calls in stating their vehicle won't go faster than 30 miles an hour. 
The customer states that they went to an auto parts store where the employee there plugged in a scanner. The customer then provides codes indicating transmission troubles and says the auto parts store employee said they need a new transmission. Driveway Diagnostics. Ring, ring. Hello, thank you for calling Los Carasada Service. This is John. I may help you. Hey, John, this is Barry, and I just got back from the auto parts store here, and they ran a code, and they told me that I need a new transmission. Um, could you give me a ballpark price of a new transmission? Okay. Well, thank you for giving us a call. And uh, if I just don't mind asking, uh, how did you hear about us? Um, I, I Googled it, actually. Googled? Okay. Gotta love Google. <laughs> All right, perfect. And say your name is Barry, right? Yes, yes, sir. All right. And what kind of vehicle do you have, Barry? I have an 03 Forerunner. Okay, 03 Forerunner. Nice. This cars I see run for a long time. Uh, perfect. Now, you said you took it to a auto parts store? Yeah. Okay, and what did they tell you? They told you that? Well, they didn't have to tell me. They actually plugged it in and showed me, and it looks like it needs a new transmission. And you know, I've had this car for a long time. It's been great to me. And I think that if I put a new transmission in it, I, I, I it would be great for a lot longer. So just wanted to look to see what a price on a transmission might cost. Okay, definitely. So um, I, I understand, you know, the, the auto store, they, they definitely want to help and and do the best customer service to help you out to tell you that, okay, hey, I may need a transmission. But uh, as, as you probably would imagine, a transmission is it's a pretty expensive component. And so what I would like to do is maybe invite you to come and take a test drive with one of my technicians so we can kind of, you know, verify uh, maybe some of the, you know, verify your symptom. And then uh, if it, of course, from there, what we could do is possibly get you set up to where we can have one of my, technicians, you know, run some tests and try to figure out and really find out why they're saying it's a transmission because I would, I would hate to just want to assume that it needs a transmission when it may need something else, you know? And again, like I mentioned that a transmission is not a cheap component. So uh, I definitely like to invite you down and uh, so we can really determine if it really does need that. And if it does, we have uh complimentary loaner vehicle. So you can kind of get around while we, you know, look at your car and potentially repair it. So you, you don't have to uh, stop what you're doing because I know it can be inconvenient to leave your car. So I want to definitely do the best we can to help you out. Um, does the test cost me anything? To running the test? So the test drive is, is not going to cost anything, but the, the testing uh, will. And, and what that includes is that we're going to be going through, we're going to first test drive it just to verify it. Uh, we are going to inspect the fluid. Uh, we will look at the condition. We will look at the level. Uh, we're going to obviously hook up the scanner and see what I get because, you know, we have, you know, top, top of the line uh, equipment that they may not have. They may they may not have, but I mean, they are auto parts stores. So I don't, I don't think they would probably have the same equipment as we do. But, uh, you know, look up the codes and then kind of determine to see if they're there's any also to see if there's any TS technical service bulletins, any recalls, anything like that, just to kind of really determine, just to really make sure if it does or does not need a transmission. So, okay. Is there anything I can? Is, is there a certain day that works this week for you to to come on in? Well, I think today is what Friday. I think Monday would be good for me. Monday, okay. Monday, I have availability in the morning. Is morning work okay for you? Yeah, I can actually drop it off. Oh, perfect. Okay. And would you be uh, needing needing a, a ride? We do offer shuttle services and uh, or... No, I think I'm going to drop it off the night before and then my wife uh, can pick me up and take me to work. Okay, uh, perfect. She, so yeah. we do have a night drop box of... Once you do, so you pull into our our facility here, you'll see there's a night drop box. Just put your a name and all, put your all your information on the envelope. Put your keys in there. And you'll see a mail slot run our door. You just put it right on in there, and we'll get it first thing in the morning. I'll give you a call just to make sure we're all on the same page and get everything set up for you, and I can create your account with us. Sounds great. All right, perfect. Well, thank you, Barry. 
Thank you for calling. Was there anything else I can help you with? That's it. All right. Well, you have a great day and I look forward to talking to you on Monday. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Thanks, guys. Clint? Well, that was a little rough. That's okay. I'm going to, I would say that, um, John, I got the message. I, I heard what you wanted to say, but I think there was a lot said in between. So okay. I, I, I like to use the, uh, the question, if, John, what time is it? What time is it? 9.42. Perfect. 9.42. So and now if I were to ask you what time it was and you were to begin to describe to me the internal workings of your watch and how the gears and cogs interlink and how the second hand pulls on this weight and this pulley and blah, 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 blah. And, and really that's, that's what I'm getting at is when, when somebody asks you, what time is it? You just tell them what time it is. Don't build the watch. And in this particular okay. situation, I would say you probably built the watch. Uh, we, we dug into a lot more information and detail that uh, Barry wasn't asking for, didn't, doesn't really need to know. And that, that's okay. And I, and I think that's a, it's something that we naturally, we want to do as people that are technical. I want to, I want to show you and tell you what we're going to do to build value, what we're going to do. But I would say it was, uh, it might've overcomplicated a little bit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, you asked his name, you got his, uh, the concern. Uh, it's always good in this particular situation. Uh, the, the classic, I went to the part store and had a, uh, the magic box code retrieved um, <laughs> to, to build value in what you do. And then that's the series of tests and procedures that we're going to perform on your vehicle. It's a hundred percent different than the magic code box that the part store did for you. And, and there's a combination of building hope and also instilling doubt in the customer. So he's already convinced he needs a transmission. Barry's ready to whip out his checkbook and buy a transmission from him if the price is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in reality, the transmission may not be at fault at all. And, and you need to put that doubt or that question uh, into, the, uh, into the mind of the customer as well as build value in the fact that, oh, we'll test it and there's a, there's a possibility it may not be in the transmission at all. So mm-hmm. that's, I would encourage you to do that, but uh, okay. otherwise, good job. Yeah. Thank you, Clint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'll add to it. And Clint, Clint, your your words that you choose are very valuable, hundred percent. Like you, you're really great at using high caliber, high value words. Uh, I, 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 with Clint, like I was ready to set appointment way before, and I think you felt like you just kept having to build, 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 and you even done it, or you repeated yourself the same okay. thing. Mm-hmm. And you did great. We're not beating up on it too bad. That's no, okay. Right? I'm also okay. Gonna, so. I'm going to ask more questions about it. So he's going to say, I love that you said it. You invite, I would like to invite you in. That is perfect language. That is fantastic language. So I wrote down here, right? Ask questions. And I said, stop talking because you could have just asked me. I was ready as a customer. I'm like, man, just, just stop. And, and, and so you want to ride with my technician. And really what I was asking is it is so seeds of doubt. So when he said, when I said, you know, they told me they were going to read this. So I would want you to insert a USP. Always think unique selling point. So what is your USP? Magic box, Clint says. And so what I want to do is say, okay, are you familiar with the level of, would you, here's my favorite one. Would you be surprised, John, if I told you I can plug my cell phone into your car in much the same way and it'll give me the exact same code? That would be yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, and it's true though. I can it. I can download an app and plug it in. It will give me the same code, mm-hmm. and then it will run a di- diagnosis. It will give me the code, and so let me ask you a question, John. Um, if I told you I lived at four hundred five zero nine area zip code, could you, you? Do you believe you could find my house? No, no, you couldn't. Could you? If I gave you my street name, Tights Pass, and the area co- the zip code. Could you find find it then? Yeah, you get close, you get but close, until you get the number, exactly the number, you're going to be driving around until you see me. <laughs> if I gave you the number and the street address and the zip code, you're going to find me, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. They gave you the the zip code. We need to find the rest of the address. So let me ask you a question. Now, I train my technicians eight, at least 80 hours a year to, to find this, these types of issues. Mm-hmm. Could I invite you in to have us find the, the exact address of that symptom? Because let me ask you a question. If, if, if I put it in a transmission and didn't repair your problem, would you be upset? Yeah. <laughs> you, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, we prided ourselves on building trust and that wouldn't build trust, right? 
No. And, and you definitely don't want to do that to me, do you? <laughs> When's good for you? Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And the last thing that I was doing, I, I was pausing because I was l- waiting for you to ask me to come in again. And you were like, what's next? And I'm like, I need you to invite me in on a specific day and time. And then you did it. So that's, that's good, man. That's good learning. Good job. Thank you. I have a question. I have an answer or somebody does. I, I, what I felt from that role play, John, I'm not being critical because that's it's what the okay. show, the show's about. We're teaching timing and pace. And my, my observation was I was looking forward to go up a level. Where does good timing and pace come from, guys? Is it going over and over again, ultimate self-confidence, understanding the technology, um, you know, scripting, role-playing, all of this? Where does it come from? You don't learn to dance overnight. No, you don't. <laughs> so I talk about black belts. So, so black belts there's there i think there's the first degree black belt eighth degree or I, I don't know i'm not a black belt so you know but there are different levels of black belt so john is an expert 100 when you listen to him i'm like man this is an expert there are different degrees of black belt and you move up there are different degrees of mastery so confidence comes from mastery mastery comes from practice drill and rehearse 10,000 hours over and over again mm-hmm. practice doesn't make perfect practice makes permanent and so whatever you practice is what you're going to create so we watch you know lebron james and we think lebron james is lebron james because he's 68 you know 250 and he can jump out of the gym and that's true but the reason he can jump out of the gym and he's 250 is cuz he works out like crazy while we're sleeping and he has 40,000 hours of basketball practiced over and over and over and over again. And we think we can be LeBron James on the service counter without the work. Yeah. Great point. Practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Practice with a purpose. Because I know a lot of people who practice incorrectly. They practice the wrong thing. Great point. Where'd you get your timing and pace, Clint? I've been dancing a long time, Carm. <laughs> that's, the, that's exactly the answer I was looking for, by the way. <laughs> uh, if, if you look real close, there's, there's experience here. <laughs> Not as much as you, Carm, but there's experience there. <laughs> hey, John, some of us don't have to hide our light under a bushel. <laughs> okay, look at, I, uh, we have one more. It is already 50 minutes past the hour, but I, I want to give it a shot. Roleplay number four. Let's do this kind of quick, guys. Um, customers, John, service advisor, Clint, Barry's the observer, selling a larger part repair that involves a dealer-only part. The savvy customer has already viewed his DVI and has already called the dealer parts department to get the list price on uh, the uh, powertrain control module for his 2016 Dodge Caravan. The rub on this one is... We need to sell the part with the appropriate markup and margin to be able to stand behind the warranty on the repair. Scenario that happens all the time. Go, guys. All right. Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, John. This is Clint, Cooper's Auto Repair. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Do you have a minute to talk about our uh, findings on the testing we performed on your van? I do. So as I'm sure you saw in the inspection that we sent you, the the computer has failed and we'll need to replace that part for you. I can have it here tomorrow and have it finished by the end of the day for you. Uh, It's going to be right about $1,200 parts, labor tax out the door. Will that work for you? Uh, No, it's actually not going to. How much did you say it was? Uh, Installed with the testing and tax, your $1,200. Okay. And of that trophy, how, how much is the part? Because I, I, you know, I actually had the day off today and I did some, some research and I called around. I did call the dealership and I mm-hmm. got, a, got a price on a few things. So how, how much is just, just this part? Well, the part, the, part itself, the part itself actually is $600. Okay. Okay. And what did the dealer tell you they're selling their part for? The, they told me that it was, uh, it was 502. Gotcha. Something okay. like that. So, John, would it surprise you to know that the dealership parts department actually sells their parts at a different price across the counter uh, versus the uh, the service department of the dealership? They'll actually charge more there. Did, did you know that? 
I did not know that. Okay. And the other thing I'd like to tell you is that that although we are using a, a part that is OEM dealer only, that's the only place we can get it, uh, <laughs> is that they'll give you a 12,000-mile, 12-month warranty. I know that for a fact. And I will actually give you a three-year, 36,000-mile parts and labor nationwide warranty that in the event there's a failure or a fault can be honored at any shop in America. Now, do you see the value in that? Yeah, actually I do because uh, my next thing I was going to ask you is to see if I can go buy the part myself and bring it to you to save some money. But Right, and that's that's a common question I get and and I, and I like to just throw this out there if you if you were to go into a, a really high-end steak restaurant and bring your own steak, um, do you think they would cook it for you? <laughs> no, probably wouldn't. not because in the event they burnt it and you didn't like it, it wouldn't go well. So <laughs> I always advise when you go out for steak, you eat the steak that they serve. So, and, and, and if that, if that's going to work for you, uh, I can definitely get this done uh, by the end of the day tomorrow if that works for you. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Uh, do you guys happen to have uh, like rental or anything like that? Absolutely. That, that is- we have a great relationship with enterprise. Rent-a-car. <clears throat> I will call them and have them contact you directly. We'll get you in a rental car. In fact, I'll even pay for the car for you. Oh, wow. Okay. Will that work for you? That'll work. All right, John. We'll talk to you tomorrow when it's ready to go. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Clint. Uh, bye-bye. You got an old wow out of him. Oh, I'm going to be deaf. <laughs> I did see a couple of things. It wasn't as good as his first one. Whoa. It was good. Tear it up. Um, first thing uh, I will tell you is I've never heard anyone deliver the steak line well until just now. Good job. I hate that one. But he, I do. I hate that one because most people are like, well, you wouldn't walk into a restaurant and tell them you condescend like, Really, yeah, bro? Yeah. You didn't you said it really lighthearted, and I've never heard anybody do that. So full disclosure, uh, Clint trained the trainer uh, last time, and he's the one that taught me that the dealership doesn't sell the same part. So he taught me that like two years ago. So but the first thing he said, I loved when he said fail. And he said about 1200 It's exact numbers, $1,274.34. I'm yep. very direct about that. About doesn't do well. It tells me we can negotiate. He said out the door, I absolutely deplore that. And it did not use the word investment. Always use the word investment. Part. 600 to 502. I love that. First, I love that he said, do you see the value in that after he explained his warranty? But I want him to set it up. Hey, let me ask you, is is peace of mind warranty important to you? And I want, if he, and, and most people are going to say yes to that. Yes. Well, are you familiar with their warranty and our warranty? Because now you've got, before you, you've persuaded him. Actually, he's persuaded himself by answering that. And Robert Caldini has a book called Persuasion. It's very good if you want to learn more about that. And then, I so that's the only thing I really got you on. So good job. Hey, guys, uh, this was fabulous. Great learning. We did it in a good time frame, so we can kind of meet this thing under an hour. Thank you so much. Um, wow, 91st week workshop role play part number two with Barry Barrett. Thank you, Barry, from RLO Training. Clint White, shop manager at Cooper's Auto Repair. And specialists in Tacoma, Washington, the third highest taxed state, as you told us in the beginning. And thank you so much to John Vesquez, service advisor, Los Gatos Auto Service in Campbell, California. You all did just terrific. And I know you all taught the audience of the podcast so much. Have a great weekend, everyone. And share this with the world. We all need to hear this. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.